Today on the Ad Hero Podcast, we dive into the recent removal of ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, references from the McDonald's corporate website. We explore the implications of this decision, including the potential shift in businesses' use of ESG as a marketing tool, the backlash against woke capitalism, and the broader discussion surrounding the corporate accountability and environmental responsibility. Join us as we examine the complexities and impact of ESG in the business world. Want to give a shout out to our newest subscriber, Pedro. Become a subscriber to the Ad Hero Podcast today through podcasters.spotify.com. Search for the Ad Hero Podcast. Your donation keeps the show online as you will get valuable insight to help market your business. Email us at theadheropodcast at gmail.com or through social media at ad symbol to subscribe to our podcast. Find us on all major podcast platforms. Visit the ad hero podcast website at adsymbol.com backslash the ad hero podcast ad symbol, the digital out of home marketplace buy and sell advertising space on digital billboards and traditional media. Find us online at adsymbol.com. It's time to call the ad heroes environmental social governance and why you need to know about it. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. At BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Bud Light has been kind of a brand of bratty. ESG is important. Implementation of ESG as we see it today is flawed, and we have to help fix it. Elon Musk claims that ESG investing is, quote, communism rebranded. They're not setting themselves up for the, the, the biggest class action lawsuit in the history of class action lawsuits. Who is setting these standards? Who is deciding what a perfect ESG score is? Is there a diplomatic discussion happening behind the scenes? If a company's air pollution is not 0.01, if they don't participate in Pride Month, their ESG score is going to be knocked down 10 notches. If you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race, you're going to be impacted. Hero Podcast. My name is Gino Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Livieri. And today on the show, we're covering a somewhat controversial topic. But fear not, as we always do here on THAP, we're bringing you just the facts and letting you decide how you feel about it. Are you familiar with something called an environmental, social, and governance score? or ESG for short, and do you use it to run your business? Today on the show, we will be defining what ESG is, analyzing its purpose, and telling you why some Fortune 500 companies like McDonald's are actually now quietly removing references to it from their company website. But first, Gino, how you doing? I'm doing excellent now that THAP is on five days a week. 
We're getting that syndication like Seinfeld. I love that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Gino, are we getting? Uh, are we? Are we making uh, extra money now from all these extra plays that we're getting? Trickling in. It's trickling in. But the best part is, is that uh, if you miss the information uh, from previous shows, then you will have it directed right back into your feed, and you can hear us again and hear how we started. But the most important thing is how the information is and how you'll better help your business. <laughs> if that makes sense. I like it. I like it. All right. That sounds great. Well, Hey, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, we like to do a little thing here at THAP called the a block lightning round. So if it's your first time tuning in, here's how this works. We put two minutes on the clock and Gino and I take turns bringing up current topics or things that are trending in the news. And we just take two minutes to give each other's opinion on a question and an answer and a response. So this is a really popular segment on the show. We hope you guys like it. So without further ado, Gino, let's dive into the A block. Let's hit the lightning round. All right. Lightning round. Gino, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's go. Oliver Anthony, the guy behind the hit song, Rich Men North of Richmond, has set a record for a first-time recording deal. According to sources at Fortune Records, the company paid a whopping $100 million for the rights to publish Anthony's work on their label. Matthew, have you seen this video, and what do you think? Uh, I have seen the video. It's a very interesting song. It really hits home. A lot of people resonate with it, and they think it's a song for all of America, not just conservative people, which some people on the left have said it is. So I think it's a good thing. Let's see what this guy comes up with next. Gino, the Barbie movie recently surpassed $1 billion in worldwide ticket sales and in the process became a popular trending meme all over the internet. Did you see the movie? And what do you think about how popular this movie's become? I haven't seen the movie. I kind of want to see it. Uh, it's it's definitely become very popular. It's actually the most highest grossing movie out of Warner Brothers. One dollar more than The Dark Knight. So congratulations. And fun fact real quick, more people have come back to the movies because of that movie. Post-pandemic here. According to multiple news sources, self-driving cars caused a traffic jam in San Francisco's North Beach neighborhood on August 12th. Ten driverless cars stalled, creating gridlock on the streets. The future of car or driverless cars, Matthew, going to be the new thing, or is this just a big duck? They got a lot of problems to work out with this. There was a huge concert in San Francisco. Everybody was on the internet, on their phones. Apparently that all that use of the internet bandwidth is what caused the, the cars to get jammed up. They're going to have to figure all of that infrastructure out before they release all these driverless cars on the road. It's a big problem. They got to solve it. Gino, let's bring it home with this. It's been a couple of weeks since Elon Musk has changed the name from Twitter to X. Are you a fan of the new name and has it caught on or do you still call it Twitter? Yeah, I still call it Twitter. I am a fan of the name and um, I'm a really big fan of how they put X on the building, but I'm not a fan of how the city of San Francisco told them to take the X down because apparently it caused distractions to people's homes, which... Why would you live around that area anyway? That's the lightning round, guys. Thanks for joining us for that. Keep it locked here for lightning rounds every episode. We're going to be right back after these commercial breaks, and we're going to dive into the B block. Stay tuned. We're coming right back.
Let's kick things off by defining what ESG score means and why you need to know about it. ESG, Environmental Social Governance, is a set of criteria used to evaluate a company's impact on the environment, society, and corporate governance. The UN, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are among the entities that promote making investment decisions based on a company's ESG score, which effectively means they can control funding for corporate companies if that company's ESG score is not high enough according to their matrix. ESG investing is used to screen investments based on corporate policies and to encourage companies to act responsibly. Many mutual funds, brokerage firms, and robo-advisors now offer investment products that employ ESG principles. ESG principles means that the corporate strategy focuses on three pillars of the environment, social and governance, taking measures to lower pollution, CO2 output, and reduce waste, and having a diverse and inclusive workforce. In principle, ESG score could be viewed as a credit score of sorts. If you pay your bills on time, you can get a perfect score of 800. And if you adhere to the guidance of the ESG matrix, you can have a perfect ESG score. The controversy at hand is who is deciding what makes up the perfect ESG score and why. Matthew, the recent removal of ESG references from McDonald's corporate website has sparked discussion about the value of the ESG score in the eyes of the Fortune 500 companies. Matthew, what are your thoughts about the idea of an ESG score? The ESG score concept in principle, as you just stated, is, I believe, rooted in good, good ideas, good meaning. Everybody wants to feel included. Everybody wants to have equal opportunity and access to things. We know that planet Earth has a finite amount of resources, including fossil fuels, including oil, you name it. Uh, pollution is a very real thing. The ozone layer being depleted and holes in the ozone layer is a very real thing. The ocean level rising, sea level rising, etc. Okay, so somebody coming to the table, the World Economic Forum leaders coming to the table, working hand-in-hand hand with these outfits like BlackRock and Vanguard and stuff like that and collaborating and saying, listen, a company like Chevron that has massive oil refineries and they're putting a lot of pollution in the air, that should be tapered off, that should be controlled, that should be reviewed and looked at. This, fundamentally speaking, in my opinion, is not a bad thing. The problem I have with it, personally which I think you agree, Gino, as well, is this idea of who is setting these standards, who is deciding what a perfect ESG score is, why are they deciding it that way, and is this being voted on? Is, is there a diplomatic discussion happening behind the scenes? Or are these people just getting together over a filet mignon dinner in some ritzy private secret 
layer and saying if a company's air pollution is not 0.01, if they do not include, if they don't do advertisements towards, um, you know, if they don't participate in Pride Month, as an example, if they don't do this, if they don't do that, their ESG score is going to be knocked down 10 notches. Nobody knows what the defining factors are of these ES of this ESG score. Um, it's, it's shrouded in mystery as far as all the research I can do. And I believe, Gino, you, you can corroborate that fact. It's shrouded in mystery. What makes up the ESG score matrix. So until that information becomes more public and how they're voting on it and deciding on it, I believe that the ESG score cannot cannot be trusted and should not be used to either give investments for or investments I penalize companies and not give them investments based on this ESG score. For example, one of the one of the pillars uh, is well, there's three pillars behind this ESG score. There's the social, there's the governance. And there is the um, uh, environment, environmental, social, and governance. Which which one of the three pillars outweighs the other? Right? <laughs> is the environmental pillar far outweigh? Like if you if you do really good for the environmental pillar, but you you're not doing so hot on the other two, can you still have a high score? Again, these are the questions that need to be clarified to the masses before companies just jump all in. And and start trying to get a super high ESG score, Gino. What's your thoughts? Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, no, I I think you're on the right path. You know, I've been studying this for quite some time now. Uh, funny enough, there's actually a really good video about ESG that answers a lot of these questions, and we'll include that in show links. Um, on a positive flip side, um, there could be things like. Well, if we're breaking down each thing according to um, the environmental and social uh, governance on like their matrices and what they follow, um, the environment, they would tackle things like waste and pollution, resource depletion, greenhouse gas emission, deforestation, climate change. Uh, and whether you agree with all these things or not, it, that's not really the the point I'm bringing out, I'm just saying like, you know, what's tactically there, what they're actually going for, for each of these uh, different things, uh, social employee relations and diversity, working conditions, local communities, health and safety, conflict. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, in general, that sounds pretty good, right? Governance, tax strategies, executive um, re-immersion, uh, donations and political lobbying, corruption and bribery, board diversity and structure. I mean, all that's really subject, uh, you know, board diversity. We've had some, uh, uh, we've had some things about that in California. Uh, to me, that doesn't really make any sense personally, but, um, you know, and, and, and those would be like in general. Yeah. Like those sound really good. Uh, but then you get down to the crux of the matter. Well, what do you mean by conflict? What do you mean by climate change? What do you mean by tax strategy? Let's let's get some actual like depth and um, meaning by by all these like terms. Uh, you know, it, it reminds me of a great question that kind of goes with this too. That I've heard a political pundit say or ask 
and uh, it was about hate speech. And the question was, what is hate speech and who defines it? And most people can't mm. answer that question. So that kind of goes with this. Mm. And if you look at the people, and, and by the way, all sources at GinoGiovanniPresents.com, uh, I wrote a big article about this of, uh, a few months ago. Um, you know, if you look back mm. and you just kind of follow the money, I had, I had two schools of thoughts on this. You just kind of follow the money. Uh, you, you go back to uh, the UN and all the ideas that they get. And if you study the UN and, 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 and what they've done in the past, it's really not very friendly to, to, to most nations. Um, but you go back to also like just follow the money with places like Vanguard, State Street, BlackRock, all major entities that own almost the entire corporate world. Uh, I believe it's like in until like, I think maybe 2060 or something like that on this pace, they, those three um, entities will actually own everything and, uh, and they have their hands in there and they're the ones divvying out all the money for, for all the, these uh, companies. And if they, if these companies like a McDonald's, Anheuser-Busch, who's actually owned by Invent uh, in Europe or uh, Disney for that matter, which, you know, we're a fan of. If these companies that adhere to an ESG or also there's also other things like CEI, DEI, um, if they don't adhere to these policies, then they don't get their money. So even if like a, a Anheuser-Busch that loses, I believe it was like $8 million and you know Disney loses or $8 billion and then Disney loses like a billion dollars, even if they do that, well – they're willing to risk it just so that they get their money from these big um, uh, firms, if you will. And uh, it, it really just comes back to money. That's really what it comes down to. They don't give a flying fig about these entities or about the, the actually what they're preaching here, in my opinion, um, because if they did, well, why wouldn't they keep something like a pride month going all year round when they're only concentrating on like one month? It doesn't really make sense to me. Right. Um, I don't know. Sure. Does that kind of answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, that was excellent commentary. And, you know, uh, I, I think as a counter to your statement here in terms of our, our, our companies um, willing to, adhere to this ESG concept, I think in in response to some of the backlash that Anheuser-Busch has, has endured, Disney has endured, Target Corporation has endured, uh, I think you are seeing now other Fortune 500 companies starting to pull back a little bit on going all in on this ESG score. Most notable McDonald's Corporation has quietly scrubbed references to ESG on their website. Now, I did some research on Glassdoor and Indeed and a few other places. And if you type in ESG analyst, you can find a ton of job postings for major corporate, corporate corporations 
of and they're hiring ESG analysts. These are people that are literally paid upwards of $150,000 a year to analyze a company's ESG position and increase their ESG score. All right. Now, the best example I could give you of this would be if you're a company and you do not yet have an HR person, you're a startup business, right? Because THAP, we're all about business, marketing, advertising. Let's say you have a business, you're starting to pick up some steam, you're making money, but you've never had an HR person. So now you go, well, we need to have an HR person to help us grow the company, hire more people. So you hire an HR person. One of the job functions of that HR person is going to do is they're going to come in and they're going to assess where your company is at with HR policies. How do you handle conflict? Are you hiring a diverse, a diverse enough workforce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right. That's a function of an HR person is to do that and give you as a business owner feedback on that. Now, you may agree or disagree with what that HR person has to say. But that is still a function of their job is to assess and give you as a business owner consult on that. This ESG analyst role, from what I can tell, is the same idea. They're being paid upwards of $150,000 a year to analyze where your company is in relationship to this ESG score concept. But again, they're going off of this unknown rubric or matrix in these three pillars, including social governance and environmental. And then they're going to make a recommendation to you as the owner of the business. Hey, this is where we need to improve if we want to improve our ESG score. So back to Gino's point, are companies really caring about this? Well, if you look at uh, recently Anheuser-Busch, for example, they made this push for this particular television commercial that appealed to a very specific niche audience, which was not their main core audience because they thought it would help their ESG score to some degree. I'm sure. Okay. They, they, they never, you're, they you're never came out and said that. Correct. They never came out and said, we mm -hmm. were making this commercial purely to appeal for an ESG score boost, but inevitably that no. social pillar what would benefit from a commercial like that? Well, the backlash was they lost $8 billion because their core target audience didn't like that commercial and didn't feel it represented them. Okay. And you've seen this happen also with target where for the, for pride month, they put all of this kind of clothing and, and stuff in the front of their stores. And a lot of people that uh, were not in agreement with that lifestyle didn't like it. And they push back on Target. So inevitably, Target thought, well, if we do this, yes, it, it's good from an inclusiveness standpoint. And I personally have nothing wrong with people feeling included, that nobody should be felt excluded. So I'll be very crystal clear on that. But one has to also question, did Target do this because they thought, well, this is going to help our ESG score in that particular pillar? We don't know. Again, it's not this. These are things that are kind of you have to read between the lines and make your own decisions. And that's what we like to do here on THAP is we just like to bring out the information and then you guys, the audience, give us some feedback in the comments. Give us some feedback on YouTube, on Spotify. What do you think? OK, that's that's what we're doing here. So we I believe that that's I did have a part of that. They were looking at like, hey, how can we improve boost our ESG score? 
maybe by doing this, okay? But that backfired, and they lost billions of dollars. So as a result of those two examples, I believe that's why you're seeing McDonald's be like, hey, why don't we... Why don't we back up a? Why don't we back the truck up a little bit on this ESG thing, and and think it through a little bit more? And I think that's the right move. What's your thoughts, Gino? Yeah, the, the it's funny. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball, like I was going to say, did the same thing where uh, beginning of Pride Month, first day, they took their logo, changed it to like a rainbow, and right after that, the first day, the rest of the month went back to the red, white, and blue. So, you know, I'm sure they got some backlash. For, Where, whereas in previous years on, on Instagram, whereas uh, in yeah, previous, previous years, years, it was just they, they the did, whole year. They did. I mean, the, the whole, whole month. month. I mean. Okay. Right. The whole month. Okay. Right. And then did, didn't you have a story too about target? You had a very interesting tidbit you shared with me off the air last night about that. Uh, yeah, it was uh it was just a woman came in very aggressively demanding to see where all the Pride Month gear, clothing and stuff was. Um and this and they had this on it was someone had it recording, someone had a camera they were recording her interaction, maybe the store camera, I don't know. And the employee hmm. was just like, "Oh, well we only put that stuff out for the month of June." So again, yeah. I mean so if the idea is inclusiveness, <laughs> If the if the idea if the idea is inclusiveness, why don't why not leave out that stuff year round? Okay, right. Uh, it's it's very interesting how they just rally around. Well, no, we we can only put it out for one month. That seems so weird to me. Why why only that one month? Unless unless you're you know behind the scenes, it's like who, maybe the people that are in charge of this ESG score is like. If you take action during this particular month and you hype up this thing during this month, we will give you a boost in your ESG score. You know, again, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm putting out the information out there because I want our listeners to interact with us and tell us what they think. And it is a controversial thing. And that's why we said at the beginning of this episode, this is a controversial topic because controversial topic because a lot of the information is unknown at this point. But there needs to be more discussion around it because this is having an impact on how these major corporations are behaving. And we need to take well, note not only of that, that and we need to and we need to look at that and think about that. Right. And uh, I would I would go further in, in a marketing standpoint and say that this has an effect on the brands. Um, you know, these uh, the former now chief marketing officer, Sophia Colucci, if I say that right, you, you know, we're, we're, we're both Italian. I think you, you know more Italian than I do, <laughs> Matthew, um, right, right, right. but she's fired. She was fired. Right. And it was her idea wow. to put a man dr dressed as a woman on a can and celebrate pride or, or, or whatever they were trying to celebrate because they want to go after, in her words, a different audience. They, they felt that Bud Light, in, in this case, uh, was um, more of a uh, fratty kind of audience and that they were, they were trying to pick up their audience. Well, shoot, you went against your core audience. You went against it. And then right. and we talked about that. This, and we talked about that on the. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I could agree more. Same thing we with talked Disney. about that. On, we talked about that. Yeah. 
Right. Well, and since so, and, and just yeah. to bring it and just to bring it home here, since since THAP is a marketing advertising podcast, if we bring it back to basics and ask the simple question, is a high ESG score helping your bottom line? Well, ask Disney, ask Anheuser Busch, ask Target. I would say the numbers don't lie. A high ESG score. Uh, did not help those Fortune 500 companies, which is probably why you're seeing McDonald's pull back on it, and other companies will probably follow suit. Maybe, maybe this whole ESG score thing idea will just completely go away and go up in smoke. It remains to be seen, but it's an interesting topic, nevertheless. Gino, uh, let's take a quick commercial break here and come back with some closing thoughts. Welcome back to the Ad Hero Podcast, Matthew. We've discussed ESG and its relevance in corporate America, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's hear your final thoughts. My final thoughts are this. ESG score, uh, I do believe the concept behind it is rooted in good. Anytime you can, you know, in terms of uh, pay attention to your environmental impact, that's a good thing. Anytime you can make sure that all walks of life, all groups of people can be included, that's a good thing. And in terms of governance, anytime you can make sure that you have proper checks and balances in your corporate system, like the banking system, for example, so we don't have another uh, banking meltdown with, with loans, mortgage loans, and stuff like that, that's a good thing. So the concept of an ESG score I do believe is a good thing. The problem, and that's how we defined it today on the show. The problem is who are the people behind the scenes defining what a perfect ESG score is? What does this matrix look like? How often is it reviewed? Is there a, is there a checks and balance system on who's deciding what it looks like and how you get a perfect score? And when are they going to make that information public? Until they do that, I'm not a fan of the ESG score personally because it's too shrouded in mystery and nobody really knows who's behind the curtain. The old saying in, in The Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, right? So uh, until they make that known, I'm not a fan of the ESG score. And that's why you're seeing corporations like McDonald's start to slowly, quietly scrub it from their website because they're realizing – Based on Anheuser-Busch and Target and Disney, those entities are doing things that may be driven to try to get a high ESG score, but it's actually having a backlash on their bottom line. So if you run a business, a big business, and you're thinking about upping your ESG score, take a very close look at how you even get that score and how you get rated for that score and be very careful about that because you might, you might face a similar backlash to some of those companies. And those are my final thoughts. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Those are great thoughts. Uh, before we close out the show, I want to remind everyone to check out another show from the Ad Symbol Universe, the MJO Snaps Twitch show starring our very own Matthew. Yes, sir. With the writer's strike, this has been an amazing time for content creators on platforms such as Twitch, Spotify, YouTube, and more. I'd love to have you guys check me out over at www.twitch.tv slash MJO snaps. 
for my schedule of days and times that I will be live. This is a live stream show. It's a little bit different format than THAP where we record it and then air it later. Twitch, I am actually live on live streaming and you can interact with me on chat. It's a lot of fun. It's a variety show. Come check it out. Again, it's www.twitch.tv slash MJO Snaps. I'll catch you there. Thank you for listening to the Ad Hero Podcast. My name is Gio Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Livieri. Signing out.